Hey, welcome back to Rec Play Live. This is part two of our Dr. Joyce Michael Flynn interview regarding metahabilitation. Forgot to introduce yourself. You guys know who we are by now. This is Peshota and Garcia. <laughs> hey, I say Garcia. This is Peshota. And Garcia. So when you use metahab and you adopt these principles and practices and understand the stage that you're in and how you want to move to the next stage, it really becomes a mindset that you can use with major traumas or little struggles that happen or if you didn't get certain things, you can start to engage yourself in this and move through it pretty rapidly because it's a it's it's a it's a really cool pathway to use to move through bad stuff, you know, at any level. Wow. Um, so I know um, you talked a little bit about how it, it, you use it for yourself. So in the end, did you learn anything else about MetaHab after you were able to apply it to yourself? Um, yes, I learned that um, I was really happy that I came upon this. I really am. I learned that this is almost, uh, the more I got into it, I really learned that it's almost, um, I don't know if you want to use the word ministry, but something that I'm really focused and determined on moving forward because mm-hmm. I can absolutely see how part of the process is, like I said, going through some dark places and some suffering. Mm-hmm. But there is a point in time, and that's actually stage two with that turning point, where it's so powerful when people make the decision and say, I hate what's going on right now. I don't like it, but I, I'm going to move forward. And I'm mm-hmm. not sure how I'm going to do that, but I'm going to move forward. And to me, that the more I went through it myself, the more I was just so much more convinced that this is a real thing. Yeah. And this can be used, and it, you know, it's it's an attractive, it just attracted me to it even more, because I just could see how you could apply it. And in some, the other thing I love about it, it's so simple. It's really simple. And I was having a conversation with my son. He was two at the time of my initial accident. Now he's 28, and he does film in New York and he's just a really awesome person. I love chatting things up with him. And I said to him one time, I said, you know, Keenan, it's just so it's really simple. And he said, But mom, just because it's simple doesn't mean it's not intriguing. It just means you got to the essence. That's all it means mm-hmm. is you got to the essence of the problem and were able to manifest it in a way that people can engage in. And I thought, you know, he's right because it has to be simple. You you can't be required to have a master's or a PhD or whatever to use MetaHab. It has to be simple so that in the midst of this horrific stuff, whatever you're going through, you can start to figure stuff out. But it just means, like you said, you got to the essence, which is we are strong. We are built with enormous capacities to not only survive, but also thrive. 
and we need to engage those immediately upon that. And this is how, you know, it looks in the survival staging. This is how it looks. And so people think, oh, this looks pretty ugly. Yeah, that's how that's how it looks in the first part of mm-hmm. the recovery process. So one of the, the the way that I've seen based on what you've explained and what I saw in the presentation is that it's definitely MetaHab is much about strength and strength based. Why do you think that works so well? Because I think people want to be reminded of how strong they are and not how weak they are. I think people want to be, that's why the people talk about the notion of hope. I think people hear something positive. And when I talk about that, I'm not being Pollyannish about this. I am saying that when you get in there, you recognize, yes, this is bad. And we are going to, but we are going to move forward and we're going together and you get to start making choices and taking control as to how you want to do that. Now, the best way, the way we need to start is we need to build this and we need to build off of your strength. So I think um, people, as they, you know, uh, Joseph Campbell, who um, was very wonderful in creating the hero's journey, he talked about, I honestly think people are tired of being victims. Yeah. And they want to be victorious. They get it. They get there. You know, they get things are bad. But they want to be and to be, to have this put in front of them about how strong you are. And again, the timing is critical because you don't start all that about, oh, yes, you're going to be great with all this at the very beginning. You got to go to where they are, but in your head, you have to realize you're going to move this forward. And I think people eventually, we cannot keep people in dependent position. We can't do that. And I think that's something that has happened, and I think it's um, wrong. And so I think from a radical perspective with MetaHab, we it is this strength-based program that allows people to recognize, again, not only who you are, but who can you be as a result of going through this? Definitely. I think, you know, focusing on the the positive rather than all of the things that the person can't do or maybe won't be able to do is really powerful for the individual. So, again, I just, I'm so excited about MetaHab. I can't wait to see the growth and see how this affects so many people in a, in a very positive way. Um, so how well, how did you let me just let me just add one little thing there too. So I I don't like again I want people to understand that I understand the reality of this because there are some real things that are taken away from people, and I understand mm-hmm. there's a reality of that. But mm-hmm. the other part too is there's also a reality in this growth perspective as well. So mm-hmm. I get that people lose their ability to ambulate or they lose certain abilities. And I understand there's a reality there, but again, Mm -hmm. just also 
remind them that the other reality is, is there's adaptive things that they can do or ways they can move forward and ways they can grow in the midst of these, uh, you know, deficiencies that they're experiencing. So. Sure, definitely. How did you hear about recreation therapy? Um, well, you know, I uh, was thinking about that, and I can't remember exactly how I got into that, but I do remember somewhere along the line, um, Dr. Jamie Hoffman, who's a professor at Sac State, asked me to do a presentation for her rec therapy class. And I just liked it, you know, and I, I liked the people in the class and, you know, I love Dr. Hoffman and what they do. And then something came forward, you know, I got a call for one of your American Therapeutic Recreation Association national conferences. Mm-hmm. And I got some sort of call, and maybe Dr. Hoffman told me about that. Anyway, I sent in an abstract, and it got accepted. So I mm-hmm. went, so I went to do this talk, and I forget. I think the first one I went to was in San Antonio or something like that. So when I was doing the talk, when I was preparing to do this talk, I thought, well, I'm going to look up exactly what rec therapy is about. And I looked under your mission statement in the American Therapeutic Recreation Association, and I saw your mission statement that talked about the wide range of activities and community-based interventions and talked about improving the physical, cognitive, emotional, social parts of your clients or whatever. And it talked about, you know, developing these skills. And I went, wow, that's all (laughs) MetaHat. That is total MetaHat. And the more I started talking about it to recreate, and the more I started learning about what you do, I just was like, okay, this, this these people are amazing. The other thing I absolutely um, just embraced was um, when you deal with different athletes or people who have gone through different things, and you don't talk about disabled athletes, you talk about adaptive athletes or adaptive behaviors, I went, oh, my gosh, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. They they have got this because it's not anything about what you can't do. You go, oh, we can get you to do that. We just need to adapt these skis, and you can ski. We just need to adapt this, and, you know, you can. And I just, I loved the creativity. I loved the problem solving. You worked around that. And you just were all about getting people moving. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is it. Because also, from a neuroscience point of view, getting people engaged, getting them out of isolation, getting them moving forward completely messes with your brain in such a great way. I thought, gosh, from the neuroscience perspective to the physical perspective to trauma-focused therapy, these mm-hmm. people, this is aces, man. These ha- they have it all together. So I I just loved it, and so I actually um, created a course uh, at called Traumatology: An Introduction to Post Traumatic Growth that has been supported and runs through the Rec Therapy Department at Sac State. So wow. after I. Yeah, after I finished my sabbatical research and I looked 
is trauma survivors and actually communities' responses to trauma and looked at that from a post-traumatic growth perspective in Metahab. I, I talked to Dr. Greg Shaw and I said I would like to develop a course and he, he uh, supported that for me. And Dr. Hoffman and Shaw helped me develop the curriculum. So I did that. I piloted that course twice and now it's uh, going to be given a permanent number. And so it's called Traumatology, an Introduction to Post-Traumatic Growth. And now I'm creating an advanced course. So for graduate students. Oh, I wish that was around when I was a graduate student at Tech State. <laughs> well, stay this tuned because I'm, I'm developing an online program too. So stay tuned. Oh, I'm cool. doing it. Yeah, yeah. That would be wonderful. So aside from the courses that you've been providing for Tech State, is there any other trainings that you do provide for recreation therapists? Uh, not well. Um, what I what I do sometimes are um, clinical training, and so I you know open that up to everybody, and I work with recreation therapists so that they can get their um, hours. Um, mm-hmm. I actually at um, the uh, California State um, is San Leandro. It's not. It's Hayward, right? I think it's Hayward, mm-hmm. California State Hayward. Now is that. Where it's, where the main campus is, they have a very big recreation therapy department and their, uh, division chair actually had me come over there to do a day and a half program for their rec therapist there. And so I'd love to do that kind of thing to start integrating that concept and bringing that in. Um, because the other thing I've really noticed as I've started working with clinicians and they feel better about things. I, I and mm-hmm. I never saw that coming. I never saw that they would get that much out of it. But over and over again, I have therapists and clinicians tell me over and over again how hopeful they feel, how how excited they are, how much the, they feel they can do as a result of recognizing post traumatic growth. Because we we not only see post traumatic growth in clients and patients or whatever, but there is a lot of research out there that talks about noticing post-traumatic growth in clinicians as they, with their direct patient care. They experience growth as well, and that needs to be presented and incorporated into their practice too. Definitely. Could you tell us a little bit more about your books and materials you have available? So um, the book is called Turning Tragedy into Triumph, uh, Metahabilitation and uh, a Contemporary Model of uh, a Contemporary Model of Rehabilitation. Since I did I interviewed six people for my um, dissertation and I happened to have six stages of metahabilitation. So the book goes through the basics of metahabilitation and what is that all about. And that and then each survivor's story profiles a stage. And then it, at the end of that chapter, it shows you how to move to the next stage. And then there's a, um, uh, at the end, it kind of catches you up 
on as to where the people were uh, who I interviewed. So when I first wrote the book and I gave it to beta readers to read and to see what they thought, they said they wanted to know where people were now because my initial research was in, in, in like 2005, 2007, and the book came out in 2010. So I was mm-hmm. able to um, contact everybody I interviewed from the book to catch up where they are. And it's like amazing to see their progress and their pictures. And so it really just talks about MetaHab, what it is, profiles the stages, shows the um, the uh, characteristics and facilitating conditions, and kind of gives you a nice work through of how that happens. In mm-hmm. order to really engage people in the process, I also developed workbooks. So I have a workbook for survivors, and then I have a workbook for family and friends so that I can identify and work with vicarious trauma survivors because my event didn't just happen to me. It happened to my husband and my children, everybody else, and they need to go through things. And then I have a, uh, when I do training, I have a separate clinician's workbook that they use. So what I'm doing now and in the next couple of months will be coming out, um, I have a very, almost like a cliff note version of the MetaHab book because sometimes when people are right in the middle of it, they just want to go, what do I need to know now, now, now? So it's a very shortened version of that, but that something that they can take up, put in their purse, carry with them, and just look at it right away. I also, um, at, like I said, am developing online um, programs uh, for clinicians, and I want to do an online program for survivors so that they can get more into that. So that's what I'm in the next couple of months will be releasing that. Wow, that, that sounds like it'd be a really good resource to have as well. So definitely that's something that we need to keep in touch with so we can yes. also provide to our listeners as well. Uh, yeah. So in addition Thanks. to that, you mentioned you did mention you had a podcast also. In a little bit, you want to let us know? Yeah, so um, actually that would be pretty cool. Maybe I can have um, uh, somebody, um, atta- you know, send that to you so that maybe you can put that on on your site. But I started uh, doing some podcasts, and so I love um, interviewing survivors and having them talk about their stories because I think you learn so much through people's stories. And then, again, not only talking about why they chose to move in a very productive manner after their illness or injury, but also how did they accomplish that. So I started and I have uh, just did my first podcast, and I utilized a um, um, lieutenant colonel who had had multiple um, tours of duty in Iraq and Afghanistan. And um, so that's in... I'm just doing some editing with that now and going to be releasing that. I also started uh, creating and producing what I call the MetaHab Minute. So it it is literally a 60-second soundbite or thought about thinking about uh, what to do to get better, what you know, so there might be something to do about why it's not good to isolate or why it's good to have a positive perspective about that. So I just tape those and 
they're in production right now. So I'm going to start putting out through different radio stations the MetaHab Minute. So trying to just get the idea out to people because I'm telling you, people want to hear this. Yes. People mm-hmm. want to hear this. <laughs> and so I know it's not just me. I actually know that, it's, you know, I'm just the vehicle for the message. That's all I am. I am simply the vehicle to bring the message forward. And I just see people wanting this more and more. So sometimes you can go to different organizations and you can deal with administrators and say, I'd like you to try this. And, you know, they think it's okay, but well, we'll see. So what I started doing is go, no, I have to go to the people because they want it. And they're the ones that say, how can I get this? How can I accomplish this? Where can I go with this? What can I have to help? And so I started really focusing on more of a grassroots effort. So that's the podcast and the MetaHab Minute and the online module and that kind of stuff. I think it'd be very helpful for them. Definitely. We are so excited to um, be able to speak with you today more about MetaHab and learn more and just continue to watch MetaHab grow and find a place in our practice for it. Um, so spread the word as well. Spread the word. We're, this is this is awesome, Doctor. <laughs> this is really awesome. And I really like that recreation therapists can utilize this um, and help grow themselves as well as their clients or patients. This is you know, awesome. I when I When I think, excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt, but when I think about what it is you do, the more and more I'm involved and engaged, I just go, you are so perfectly suited to bring this forward. Just everything you do is so perfectly suited in terms of working with people in such a productive, positive manner in getting people engaged and moving forward. It's just it's it's just a wonderful way to be in the healing process with people. It's just I think it's very exciting. So yeah. Now you you uh you rec therapist, you you know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, thank you for all the praise, but we also have to give you the praise because you've also inspired us to take MetaHab, which we hadn't heard of beforehand. That was our first experience with it. And definitely, like I said, spreading the word, it's something that I think we need to, like you said, just put it out there, have people listen to it. They, It is something that they want and they need to hear so that they can become better versions of themselves. Yeah, that's well said. That that that's that's uh, I love that becoming better versions of themselves. You know, it's also one of the things too that you as you bring this forward and recognize how people can um, become better versions of themselves. There's uh, other um, neuroscientists that will talk about like um, Campo. It, University of Colorado talks about uh, stress resilience and, mm-hmm. um, you know, looking at this whole notion of resilience um, and wellness as a skill set. And we have it. We just need to incorporate. We need to work on that skill set. 
So it isn't something that everybody doesn't have. They do have it. You just need to incorporate that and and uh, make that work. In fact, um, as I'm looking at the uh, uh, the Dalai Lama's work, they talk about um, oh, oh, hold on one second. Let me let me look at this one place that I'm just looking at. Um, looking at. Uh, well, they definitely talk about walking and exercising, meditation, um, but they also um, they talk about uh, stress relief. And one mm-hmm. of the things that they have in here is a, a, a focus on overcoming the obstacles to joy. And as I was reading that, I thought, you know, I think we need to pay attention to ourselves as clinicians and therapists mm-hmm. and realize, are we one of the obstacles to joy? Are we one of the obstacles? Are we one of the things that are standing in the way of people, you know, finding that out? And so I think, um, you know, there's some things that we can look into ourselves also and recognize. And that's why when I work with clinicians and therapists, too, I put them through their own MetaHap program. So they they can understand it at that level as well. So, Wow. That is Awesome. <laughs> Doctor, I can't say it enough. Like, I'm just, I'm really excited about this. And I think, you know, everybody could use a little meta have in their life. <laughs> <laughs> their lives, that's for sure. That's for sure. So any, well, if you have any other questions or comments, let me. Um, no, I think, you know, we just want to say thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your day today to spend an hour with us and teach us more about MetaHab and um, give us some feedback about the profession and how we can incorporate this. And um, super appreciative. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Good, good. Yes, yes. Well, everybody, we hope that you have a better understanding of MetaHabilitation. And we want to say thank you again to Dr. Joyce Michael Flynn And um, we hope that you're able to use this as a resource and learn more about it. Definitely check out her website. Um, She's super awesome. So if you have questions, contact her. And we hope that, you know, you're able to use this in your practice. Garcia, do you want to add anything? Yeah, definitely. Don't forget, guys, to also like us on social media, share it, whatever you like. The, The point is to get this information out there and if you want to visit her website we'll go ahead and put the link down below and if you need any more information about her you can definitely find that on her website all right rec play play, live live out. out